Hello and welcome to The Other Marthas, the show where a drama student and a film graduate try to make sense of things we wish we were qualified in instead. A quick disclaimer before we get started, we don't claim to be experts in any of the fields we'll be discussing, so while everything we say will be based on individual research, it's all just a bit of fun and we suggest you take everything we say with a pinch of salt. I'm Martha, the drama student. And I'm The Other Martha, the film graduate. And uh, we're doing something a little bit different today, aren't we Martha? Yes, we are Martha. Would you would you like to uh, explain, <laughs> partly for my benefit we're sort of freestyling this episode because researching is hard every third episode we plan to have a more casual conversation based episode yeah a bit of a chat what we've been up to what i was gonna say what you've been up to but frankly that's not what we're going to talk about in the future it may become part of these episodes that we do talk about what our listeners are up to if you care to tell us. Yeah, we'll um, also be playing little games and, and doing bits and bobs of like dream analysis, little mini stories, things like that to keep it interesting. A truer word has never been said. Oh, thank you. I want to educate you about goblin cats. Oh God, yeah, go on. What's a goblin cat? So there is a picture online which is like a graph of the scale but it's kind of like a grid of the scale of type of cat. The scale of type of cat? There are three kinds of cat. There's mm. goblin, normal, and then I think it might be like super fluffy. I think it's the, uh, okay, the three right. kinds of cat. Okay. And there are two cats on my estate that we have always thought was one cat that came into our garden and pooped in our vegetables. Right. But it's two, and I know this because I saw them together the other day. Ah. So they're black and white cats. Mm. There's one that looks like a normal cat, and then there's one that looks like a goblin cat. And okay. goblin cats generally have pointier faces and mm. pointier ears. Almost, it looks like they have a bigger nose. Okay. Than a normal cat. And I am actually kind of getting an image that makes sense. Today when I was walking my dog, I walked past the goblin cat that was sat on its doorstep mm. and I yelled, good morning goblin cat! I'm sure and the owners would have really appreciated it. Yeah, I realised that the owners are probably in the house and don't know that I have such a deep relationship with their cat to be calling it goblin, goblin cat. cat. I don't know, maybe they have also done their cat research and they're just delighted to have a fellow feline appreciator yeah but i don't appreciate cats because i'm allergic to them and to be honest i think they're quite rude to mitigate the sting that you will all have felt by that i love cats i just want to educate the masses on the fact that goblin cats exist i've seen one in the world watch out for your gold the goblins will steal it Uh, something i've been up to this week is i sort of got into watching poldark i say that cautiously because i literally mean yesterday afternoon i watched like three episodes and went that's all right. Has anyone else who's watched Poldark been really befuddled by the time scale of it? Because I started watching it and he was in love with one woman and then this other woman he thought was a male child and then took in and was like, oh, right, it's a girl. So I was like, oh, well, I know that these people are... Yeah, and Martha's making faces at me and yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) Imagine adopting a child and then being like, oh, you're all right. (laughs) I know. Well, that's the thing. Creepy. Was um, she like a woman is my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's a woman. Yes, that's the first episode. And then the second episode, the woman he loved is married to someone else. And at the end of that episode, she's, she's pregnant. And the girl that he thought was a boy is now his like, serving girl. Third episode, woman's had the baby. 
he marries serving girl and then she's pregnant and the episode after that she has the baby it's just it's really hard to keep track of because i thought it was going to be this sweet little love story it's like an epic as it's your mum isn't it who calls it granny porn yes which is is something that martha's said to me before and i'm not knowing exactly what she's meant but having seen four episodes of it i absolutely get it because it's just the most pg sauciness and then They'll, every now and then they'll kind of interrupt the plot to just have Aiden Turner sort of scything in a field with a shirt off and it will just be lovely little folk music in the background and it, oh look he's scything and there's a sunset and then there'll be waves crashing on a rock just, just passage of time in a vaguely very vaguely erotic way I would say that's an excellent device and I would like to see more of it <laughs> what passage of time in a really vaguely erotic way yes I think that's excellent I feel like you'd run out of ways to do it though wouldn't you because you'd it'd be like all right so here's this lady in her bath and now she's in her bath but it's a year later and you can tell because i don't know her soaps run out and this guy's scything and now he's scything but ah the field is no longer green perhaps later in your pole dark viewing you yeah. could let me know how they keep it fresh with the passage of time Martha is currently whipping her head back and forth looking out of her window what are you what are you looking at i'll just describe to you first of all the position of my windows mm. i've got one window to my left one to my right and then like a block of wall that's half a meter so i always miss all the Sweet fun them. things that are directly oh, no. in front of me a big green truck is trying to get down the street but because so many people are at home at the moment <laughs> this truck can't actually get down the street and oh, i was just no. enjoying watching someone try and drive vaguely sad i was gonna say it was really sad i'm not that mad about it one thing that i like doing which i think might psych drivers out it would psych me out while i was driving i like to watch drivers perform maneuvers because i haven't been allowed to drive my car by myself very often recently mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. it's a good way to put it yeah there we are i haven't had a lot of practice doing maneuvers yeah and so i like to watch other people do them to see like if they do it really well i could be like oh i'll take a note of how they did that Ooh. or if they do it really badly then i'm like well i've never done that badly <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit of a win-win yeah exactly and if they're like middling then i wouldn't know because i'm not you know the simon cowell of driving oh. cars yeah have you watched any movies over the past week that they're talking about? No, but I did watch last night The Madness of King George III by the National oh, Theatre. Yes. It's good, but it's so sad. Yeah. Because it's basically about George III, who had a medical condition, which now they think they know what it was. It wasn't rooted in mental illness. No, no, I know, because his uh, his wee was blue and stuff, wasn't it? Like, it was a physical ailment that affected his mental faculties. Yeah, and he has all of these doctors that I don't think are evil, although they mm. might be, but they just don't know what to do for him. So they have all of their old theories, like bleed him, blister him. Oh, and God. he's like not doing well. And it's like, it's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, I tell you what, that I think that's interesting. I think it's upsetting specifically to watch outdated medical procedures being yes. performed in situations where you know even like to a very small extent to the majority of us that aren't doctors, that that is not the way to go about it. I looked up what they think George III had, mm. and it's porphyria, mm. which is basically the buildup of natural chemicals 
in your body that everyone has to yeah. help hemoglobin but i think it you just have too much of it oh god and it causes like stomach cramps and seizures and also probably why they thought george the third was mad Mm. i'm doing air quotes is because it also causes paranoia yeah i would like to watch it's it it's sad because you know yeah like you said like but it's you so know nowadays you can just do a thing in a few days or they'll be fine well i i will say here that um there isn't a cure for porphyria okay, but fair enough. they definitely don't blister your skin for it no or like so. say oh god the king is mad <laughs> Speaking of giving birth lying on your back, mm. I think the first time I and a lot of people in our class Gave witnessed birth? no no oh. witnessed a birth not lying down was in Roots. Oh god, yeah. Do you remember watching that in history? I do remember watching that. I don't remember a birth scene though. I think it's his birth and uh right at the his beginning. Mother- yeah, and his mm. mother is like squatting, and I remember one of one of the girls in our class being like, "Why was she squatting to give birth?" Because that's and way our teacher, better. Yeah, and our teacher being like, "Because it's better to give birth that way." Yeah, and the only reason people give birth on their backs now is because <laughs> medicine was designed by men. But I don't know. I've never given birth, so maybe some people just love just lying down and squeezing it out. Yeah. But we, but we do know, medically speaking, that it makes more sense for the body to push out a baby from a certain position. Unless, obviously, if having a C-section, probably don't sit up. If you're having <laughs> a C-section, like... please lie down. <laughs> and please let the doctors do their thing. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like people don't need us to advise them on that. So, like, you do your thing. Well, they might be listening to it right now, listening to this podcast whilst giving birth and being like, <laughs> do you know what, this isn't relaxing me. Anyway, that's... Two people who've never given birth talking about how to give birth. Woohoo! You are Woo! welcome. It's like mansplaining, but um like birth splaining. Birth splain. But it's not we're not births actually. <laughs> like... <laughs> also, we are births because we've been birthed. Also, I know a lot and can natter a lot about death, and I've never been dead. True, but but then again, there are women who have given birth who could talk about it, but there's no one who's dead. Who could be like, actually, uh, uh, come on now. There are people who have died and come back and been like, hey, this true. is what happened when I died. They, that's true. That's true. And they can do that. And that's fine. Please but, um, do tell us if you died, what it was like, because I find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, it is. If you died, please send in your experiences on a postcard. <laughs> Something that we were initially thinking of focusing on a little bit in this more chatty episode was dream analysis which I just want to bring up because before recording this episode I had a little research of some of the meanings of dreams that I've had this week and all of them which have all been very different dreams like I had a dream that I was in a cellar trying to play the double bass and I was like, this is a lovely double bass, but I'm not trying to get a sound out. Another dream where I was trying to look after my cats, but they were tadpoles initially and then they became cats and I was trying to, the transition between tadpole and cat was really difficult. Yeah, what, what were you Were they say? mini cats? Were they tiny little cats? Um, yes, they were. Yes, they were... I've had that dream. You're kidding yeah oh my god see i couldn't find that specific dream but it's like oh there's tadpoles in i had them in like a little tupperware and i was going to take them into a pond or something and then they started 
boinging all over the place. And I was like, oh no, they've become frogs. And they haven't, they've become cats. You've legit had this dream as well. I have legitimately had that dream. So in my That's version awesome. of the dream, I was in my old kitchen and I had a cup of these tadpoles mm. and I was like, oh great, here's my cup of tadpoles. But I didn't have, I didn't have a plan like you. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take them to the pond. Mm. I, I knew I was maybe going to put them in a tank to look after them. And then mm. all of a sudden they went everywhere. Yes. And I was like, oh, they won't survive out of the water. I need to gather yeah, them. Yeah, me too. And then... I was like opening pots of sugar and they were tiny little yes. cats. Like literally like one joint of your finger size cats. Yes, yes. tiny cats. Yeah. And I kept you gathering them. As well? Some. So yeah. I kept, yes, I gathered do. them and then other ones were left too long and they died. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I had to put, even though they clearly could survive out of the water because they were cats, you'd gather some yeah. of them back in and some of them you just see like a squashed cat, even though you hadn't yes. squashed it. Oh my, okay. That's so spooky. <laughs> we genuinely didn't plan this at all. No, um, this has reached a new level <laughs> really of spooky. A lot yes. of the time, it will be that I'm really heavily pregnant. And I keep just trying to go about my day and then going, oh God, I'm really pregnant. And then I'll have a baby. Also forget about that. Be going about my day and go, oh my God, I have a baby. And be <laughs> trying to like find where I put it and keep it you know alive it's funny how dreams work like that where in your dream you half know no i'm not pregnant and i don't have a baby mm. and then you also know it to be a fact that you are pregnant or you have a baby yeah. so you're like well what's the truth here exactly really weird disparity the dream that i wanted to tell you about was actually a dream that you were in so in <laughs> one of the ones where was much, being awful yeah so in pretty much all of my dreams martha <laughs> is mean to me i want to hop you're in at this point and say in life i'm not no i was about to say in Sorry. life you're very lovely to me thank you and not mean to me at all especially not in the ways that you're mean to me in <laughs> dreams so i don't think it's actually you i think it's an embodiment of a person yeah or a friend um, or whatever and it's like oh, yeah that is a face of a friend so in my most recent dream about the theater i was playing prospero in a show that martha was directing and starring in of the <laughs> tempest and Wait, what was i starring as if you were prospero? you were desdemona oh stupid old miranda then i yeah, don't know so, they're I all mean, the same to me yeah i mean to be honest any daughter any dutiful daughter or wife in shakespeare, in shakespeare yeah quite similar Honestly, throw them in a pot and mix them together and I would not be surprised if they came out the same. Yeah. This is completely not the most important part of this. But I, in my head, went, I can't believe you think if I directed a production of A Tempest, I'd cast myself as Miranda. <laughs> well, you did. Crap roll. But there we are. You go on. You did. And you cast me as Prospero. And it wasn't even just like a little performance of it. Like mm. we had built up the stage. There were sets. There was a whole cast of loads oh. of people playing water spirits oh. and i was like i don't know any of my lines then i kept doing the play <laughs> with you making up the lines and you were like these aren't the lines because we study the tempest so i in my mind obviously knew some of prospero's lines like i knew the gist so i was just kind of like hey miranda <laughs> let's go see caliban and so you would like be angrily trying to tell me the lines but we were on stage we get to the end of the tempest so far i'd muddled through like people weren't <laughs> loving the show and you were angry with me but no one had <laughs> replaced me i would yet. be angry with you in that situation my thing is i'm a big old empath 
which basically just means I like absorb everyone's emotions in the room, which you might think is cool if you're not an empath. It's not at all because it just means you like walk into a room of people and you're like, I have no idea how I feel because I am feeling a whole mess of everyone else's emotions. If someone is sad, but they're pretending to be happy, you what do you get? Sad. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Even if they're really good at it. Yeah. Well, I then think, you wouldn't know. <laughs> because good point, you, yeah. if they're really I, good at it, you would have yeah. thought they were happy. I feel like to an extent you can, uh, partly just as a survival mechanism, kid yourself. You're like, well, they're acting happy, so I'm just going to go along with that. But you just pick up on it. And my my sort of proudest empath moment, you, you may remember this from your perspective, Martha. Um, we were about to do our AF level, as it once was. Uh, drama monologues and I was in one room in our drama studio and everyone else was in the changing rooms which was three doors away so I looked up and went something's wrong Um, and like at that exact moment our mutual friends burst out of the changing rooms crying and I was like it was a little bit scary because I couldn't hear anything obviously that was going on Uh, and I was like (laughs) and this guy was like how did you know and I was like I don't know I don't think being an empath same with like the HSB highly sensitive person thing I don't think either of those are are, like diagnoses you know so that it all just people going you know what I think I feel this on a different level I think it's a thing because it's it's just the pure feeling of emotions that other people are feeling I I agree because for example there are some people who can watch a video of someone I don't know falling off a swing and be Mm. like oh ha 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 how funny yeah and then there are other people who can be like oh that really would have hurt yeah yeah I get that you get like empathy pains I always get them in my bum interestingly (laughs) someone will scrape their elbow and I'll be like oh my ass (laughs) today my mum made me jump and all I feel like this is dramatic but I don't think it is all my blood went to my wrists in (laughs) I know that's what it felt like I felt a blood rush to my wrists and I was like oh what's that Palette responses are so interesting I find I go like quite cold straight away if it's like when you're surprised um when you're shocked well if like like shock and dread if it's quick I generally get a stomach ache and then I get angry Mm. my sort of deep dreads are things like you know someone going hey martha can i think we need to have a chat i'd be like oh (gasps) that oh can we can we um i think we need to have a conversation no we don't tell me here what's going on yeah like tell me right now or ideally just just delete our entire relationship past so that i don't have to be here at this point (laughs) or just tell me yeah, yeah. You know, we're being I like, I think... we need to have a chat. Like, what? We... You're talking to me now. Please just say the thing. Yeah. Also, generally, if I'm panicking, I get loads of blood rush in my ears, which means I can't actually listen to anyone. Oh, bless you. I not. It doesn't always happen, but like, if something, if if I get the we need to have a conversation or any variant of that, yeah, I yeah, I get the ear blood rush, and then I'm sort of like, okay, whatever you say to me now, I won't be able to hear it. So if you yeah. would just come out with the sentence that <laughs> that I'd you're going to build up to actually process it, I get weirdly when I'm nervous or panicked. This is more nerves for like an audition or an exam or something like that. Mm. So a, a different and very much preferable feeling to the dread of I feel like I've done something horribly wrong and this person I love will now hate me. My wrists, it's interesting that you say your blood rushes to your wrist because mine go all tingly and I start going into a kind of weird upwards claw shape and then I can't get them out of that shape, which is really inconvenient because again, as a violinist, things I get nervous for very much include 
violin exams and auditions and my hands are stuck in these claws I'm just like perhaps claw hands isn't a good instrument for pretty um, much hand position I don't generally get the blood rush to my wrist it just happened today and that's why I shared it with you because I was I was mostly surprised at what had happened I was like yeah. Whoa. <laughs> what will this what? help me with can I tell you about another version of dreams that I have it's dreams where Things happen so realistically that I can't figure out whether they happened or whether they didn't happen and they were just I have a good story for this. You go first. Well, I've just had a couple. Like, I remember I had a dream that I had an argument with my mum and I came downstairs the next day and I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. And she was like, what? It's nice that that was your reaction rather than coming downstairs and being like, oh, you again. And your poor mum being, what? (laughs) Well... There are definitely people where I've had a dream where they've been rude to me and I've then ignored them for the rest of the day. The recent one that made me think of this is I need a sponge to clean my bathroom or Mm. a bathroom cleaning utensil. In my dream, I asked my mum for one while she was cleaning with a sponge. Yeah. And then she shrieked, no, you absolutely can't. And then (laughs) ran away with loads of sponges, which like, obviously isn't the most realistic thing. But if you knew my mum, it could happen. And so I was, when I woke up, I was like, I suppose that happened at some point in my Mm. life. And the next day I didn't ask her. I was like, well, I won't ask for a sponge then because, <laughs> because this is the reaction I get. I've had it before where I have dreamed specifically a reenactment of something historical, which isn't actually something historical, but because I dreamed it as a reenactment, I got confused. So for basically the upshot of this dream was that for many years of my youth, I thought there was a Tudor queen who died from playing cards. I'm in a dream. I'm sitting in a kind of amphitheater type thing, but like a, a really, when should I just say amphitheater? Amphitheater. There are two, you know, badly paid Merlin entertainment actors trying to reenact this scene. And it's one queen just being really mean and the other queen being like, oh no, yes, you're right. And then they were just playing cards. And then the other queen started fanning her really fast with this deck of cards. And she was like, you must blink in time with the guards. And she gets overwhelmed and collapses. And then I remember they were like, and children, come in and do some interpretive dance around how you would feel if you were killed by a card game. So I was just like draping myself over the stairs. And then I woke up like, huh, well, what an interesting way of getting that story across. And somehow I sort of thought that it had happened. I think I would have really loved that if oh my neighbor's dogs are barking they have like massive now what do they call these dogs the dogs that were bred to hunt lions dig to hunt leons good really glad that i can spell dog i think i'm wrong about the breed of dog that they have because Mm. these dogs that i'm looking at are not the dogs that i can see Mm. um but the dog that was bred to hunt lions just in case anyone's wondering is the rhodesian ridgeback but if you look up one of those dogs then you'll see vaguely what my neighbor's dogs look like but they're kind of smaller and i don't think they could hunt a lion they might i don't know (laughs) one way to find out my neighbors are like where are my dogs one morning and i'm off in africa i wouldn't actually do that because i like lions maybe the zoo i take your dogs down to the safari right and then what happened to them Turns out they aren't Rhodesian Ridgebacks, as it happens. What were they going on about before these dogs? I would have loved it if you had told someone else about it. I mean, like, yeah, you know, the queen that died playing cards. I, I had horrifying images afterwards of, like, 
the narrow escape I'd had from, you know, history presentations. Oh, no one talked about this. That'd be so interesting. It's, I think, serious things not taken seriously. Well, <laughs> that depends. If you're like arranging a funeral, don't, don't start, you know, squeaking your clown nose, please. Um, unless it's really warranted. Yeah, I will say though, if you're organising a clown funeral, I've heard that it is popular for everyone to attend as a clown. Is that true? For some, yeah. That's really cool. For some clowns, they, that everyone, you know, their guests are clowns and it's great. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I wonder, I, I'm just thinking because like clowning, obviously it depends, but um, if you take your clowning really seriously, you'll often have like a clown persona in a similar way to like drag personae that people might have as careers. And I'm wondering if any drag artists might consider encouraging people to turn up to their funerals in drag or just in sort of more performative stuff. I think that would be really cool. I think that would definitely be something that certain people would go for. That'd be as cool. either your drag your persona drag or just give it a go. Talk about would you rather questions, won't we? We're gonna do would you rather questions and I've just seen one. I think we've done this one before. Alright. And we'll I think it. I know what your answer will be. But I do want to know your answer anyway. I want to hear right. your thoughts on it. No you smell like poo or always smell poo no one else can smell (laughs) (laughs) fantastic um i think i would pick being able to always smell poo that others cannot smell because i think otherwise being aware that you always smell like poo a if it is that you genuinely smell like poo you'd be able to smell poo anyway because it's on you but regardless if it's just you will smell like poo but you won't smell the poo I was just making a face that I have hacked this um yeah I think (laughs) I don't know if it's supposed to be kind of taken as red that you can't smell the poo on you oh but you always know you smell of it yeah like well because people will be like um Martha I don't I don't want to be rude but you you really smell like poo like or just that you something or just that you know it okay so if it is that you know it, no mm. one really says. Sometimes every now and then a well-meaning mm. person will offer you some deodorant or some a change of pants. Yeah. But like generally you just know it and other people don't sit near you. Yeah. Or you can always smell feces, but other people can't and that's fine. Yeah, I would still go with that because I think while it would obviously be quite nauseating and not pleasant, Uh, I would prefer, I always would prefer to feel a bit uncomfortable myself than to have other people avoid me. I agree with you, Mm. but I will say that I dislike it when people come and sit on the bus next to me. Oh, I do as well. If I could just smell like poo for when they're deciding who to sit on next to on the bus. If you can have like, a poo switch. Well, I suppose, Martha, I do have a poo switch, <laughs> but it's quite a messy poo switch. And I don't want to it's called poo a on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we could just poo at will. We can. But <laughs> we <can pack> the system. <laughs> but I will say, yeah, I agree with you. On average, I would much rather always be able to sniff poo somewhere near me than (laughs) the knowledge that you smell of poo. And I may be wrong, but off the top of my head, I don't think there's any feeling as uncomfortable as knowing that 
people don't want to be near you or that people dislike you. Like emotional you. feeling. Exactly. Like that you, yeah, obviously like being flayed alive, presumably you'd prefer to have people go, don't want to sit with you. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of jumped to an extreme. I'll just um, verbalise what just happened to me. Yeah. Martha said flayed alive whilst I was drinking water, which I want to do as a human. But that made me laugh. There is a predisposition in my family for drowning whilst drinking. <laughs> that began to happen to me. So I've had to oh. spit my water out. <laughs> Which I probably will drink later because oh. I've done it before. Oh. And um, do you remember that story I told you guys once um, at D and D, where then no one would speak to me afterwards? <laughs> I do, and I I plead that you not share it with anyone else. Yeah. So anyway, I just nearly drowned. Um, yes, the most emotionally uncomfortable thing is people don't want to be near you, but I think it would be more upsetting if it was to do with your personality than your smell. Yes, because if true. you went up to someone and you said, why does no one ever want to sit near me? And they went, listen, Martha, the thing is, is you just absolutely always <laughs> smell of feces. Yeah, it would be less of an assault on who you are. Yeah. Now, I'm going to take a sip of water. Don't say flayed alive. I won't. Instead, I will look up a would you rather for your consideration. I swallowed really fast so you couldn't make me laugh. Would you rather have a cat with a human face yeah. or a dog with human hands for paws? Um, a dog with human hands, that's much less alarming. Like, the human face would convey human expression and therefore appear sentient as a human, and I could not deal with that. The other freaky thing about having a human face on a cat would be that it wouldn't speak, because I was kind of thinking, like, oh, you could have a chat with your cat, but no, it would, just, it would just be, be a cat. Like... It would be a cat with a human face. Yeah, exactly, face. it, it would, wouldn't have, It would like, lick itself. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. Whereas, if your dog had human hands for feet, you yeah. could be like... Can you please Get go me. to the fridge and open like a beer? Bring I don't me drink the milk. Beer, yeah, but you yeah, could. that's such a good point. Um, please, <laughs> could you could you go and check the doors locked? Like, and because dogs understand commands, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. just give it different commands that it could do with its hands. Yeah, hand commands. <laughs> I'm just picturing like just the sound of a dog coming into your room would now be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so horrible <laughs> which is horrifying but yeah, yeah absolutely that one that's just definitely less horrific i um, wonder if in winter you would have to buy him gloves as you were well i'm, I'm gonna say one that i haven't fully formulated yet and it's gonna be weird but uh, okay okay so would you rather be able to give the best advice that everyone like really takes to heart and is grateful for but every time you give that advice you look more and more like a donkey. <laughs> or would you rather communicate with all animals, but people start to trust you less and less every time you do it? I thought you were going to say, be able to give the best advice, but no one ever takes it. Yeah, no, no. My, Which would be my... so frustrating. I know. Because you would be like... I know exactly what you need to do. I can basically see your future. Yeah, because I'm saying it and I have this thing, I know that this is what you should do. But I also know that if I tell you it, you definitely won't do it. Imagine, right, this would be amazing. Mm. If you had that and you knew that if you told someone the advice, they wouldn't take it, but you really like the person. So you try and like privately (laughs) influence them to do things to be like well they won't listen to me but maybe if i put this in their path they might do it yeah then your last resort would just be giving them all pieces of advice except for the option that you want them to go for because you know they can't go for the advice that you will give them so it's i give great advice (laughs) but i look more like a donkey and then i give it each time i give it and then the other option is i can talk to animals but 
no one ever trusts me. The more you talk to animals, the less people trust you. I would. I would love to talk to animals to start with. I think, I don't think they have a lot to say, but I'd be interested in what they are saying. Um, I'd also love to talk to my dog. And if I had a lovely dog that would tell me his little secret dog thoughts, Mm. I really wouldn't care what people thought of me. Good point, actually. But that, that, is, that is a good point, because if you don't mind not seeing people much or not having people like you much, you'd still have a social network. It would just be of animals. Yeah, but they would not talk intelligently at all. And also, mm. I think if I was aware, I probably wouldn't be aware that people would trust me less. But if I was, then I'd probably say, listen, I know that you're feeling a strong distrust towards me. But can I say, in my defence, it is because I talk to animals. And that's probably why they don't trust me. They'd be like, you're clearly lying. Yeah, true, true. Um, but ultimately, I would go for the gives great advice but looks more like a donkey only if people would listen to it. Because I think yes. I have no, some they great would. advice for you now. Okay, good. Because my point would be <laughs> is that if I was sacrificing some of my beautiful good looks to give someone advice on what to do with their life, they better bloody use it. They better use yeah. it, they better put it in the I think after a few bits of advice people would realize that you're sacrificing something in order to advise them to do something so they would naturally take your advice more because they'd know that you wouldn't be saying it if you weren't absolutely sure that it was really good advice but then at the same time i love giving advice to people but if it was advice that was really good and important advice Mm. Fair enough. But if someone came to me like, oh, I don't know whether to get a fringe or not, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not looking not. like a donkey for this. I'd be like, don't get me involved because I will want to help you. I was going to start growing a tail soon and <laughs> I need to not have a tail. So please don't ask me about trivial things. <laughs> like both of the things, like being able to give good advice that people take and talking to animals are both great. And all I've really done is like, <laughs> would you rather look like a donkey or have people not trust you? That is true. Yeah, that's what you have done. But also a, a portion of it mm. is a kind of, the donkey one is more of a selfless act because you're, you're sacrificing something of yourself. Something of yours, that's true for other people if it will benefit their lives whereas the mm. animals one is like i hate all people you can yeah, not trust me yes. if you want i'm gonna chat to my dog but i i don't know it's it's a, it's a toughie because i don't want to look like a donkey um, <laughs> but at the same time i love talking to animals but i don't want people not to trust me i feel like i might end up doing just to keep the maximum people happy would be to choose the animal one but then just blank all animals but then i'd feel awful about blanking the animals Thank you for listening to the Other Martha's podcast. If you enjoyed hearing us talk about things we're not qualified to talk about, then please subscribe to our channel.